Welcome to the Spiritual Rebels and Misfits Roundtable. Where we invite our fellow dreamers, thinkers, healers, lightworkers, world teachers, misfits, and rebels to join us every week at the Roundtable. Where we explore everything from love, business, life, and even things others might think are strange like UFOs or channeling. And we have co-created this space to deepen our own personal and spiritual journeys. And we'd love to have you add your questions, your wisdom, thoughts, ideas alongside us here at the Roundtable. And we're your hosts, Ashley Bradley, intuitive business coach and mom, calling out healers and lightworkers of the world to play a bigger game and show up with their unique magic. And this is my best friend, James Lesser. He is also a speaker, a writer, a member of the recovery community, and a clear spiritual activist. You got me really excited. Hello. Hi. I got you excited. Yeah, you're doing a countdown. It turned out to be a false alarm. Hello, everybody. Oh, I was trying before we went live. I was thinking I was going to do like a very official countdown just to be funny. But anyway, I was telling them that I pulled a card. But we didn't read it yet. So I think we should just start with a card to ease Sounds into good. today. Um, and then we'll, we'll talk to you guys a little bit about why this topic um, some things that sparked it in us. Um, but Saraswati, the goddess of self-knowledge, the essence of who I am, flows effortlessly into everything I create. Mm. Kind of loving that, right? I love so that a see. lot. So if you guys are watching right now or listening to this, then I would assume that there's a message in here for you as well. I kind of feel like I'm like on my, la my tarot things now. Look at me just trying to incorporate it. Okay. So when your soul selects her card, it says when we are aligned with the essence of who we are, then what needs to be communicated through us, whether with words or music or artwork can flow. When our creativity feels blocked or stagnant, it isn't because the waters have dried up. We might fear this, but the truth is that self-awareness is the key to unlocking our creative flow. When we take the time to return to the essence of who we really are, and nurture that essence, we realign again with the river of expression that the soul generates. Saraswati is the reminder that anything we create that purifies us in the process of making it is a blessing. Our art should be, uh, should be judged not on popularity, but on its power to transform us. Saraswati is a call to return to the essence of our true self. The energy of our card is a charge for more self-knowledge, the more awareness of our own unique soul and what our needs are in this moment. She leads us back into that finely attuned space where we can express with ease and grace what the soul desires most to share. And that energy feels like a river moving through us. It heals, it liberates, and it inspires others to return to their own essence as well. That's like really perfect for tonight, don't you think? Like. Uh, yeah, I feel like that's a lot of like what we're really wanting to bring with this topic, wouldn't you say? Well, I I was selfishly thinking about our conversation last night and about just like how great it is to have this little project, you know, seemingly to resonate with certain people and to be able to mm -hmm. talk about big topics like this that like really have been on our hearts and our our friendship, and to be able to have a safe place to talk about this and how it seemingly resonates with a few people out there and how beautiful that is and really stepping into who you and I were brought here to be. So I love that. I love that a lot. Thank you for that. So I know that the thing that really led us to this topic, which honestly, like, I feel like we talked about this topic, like, as one of our first ones, but I feel like we like had to build up a little bit of like courage within ourselves to go there and like a little bit of, um, I think it's just a really big thing. And I think that we, we really like approached it with some, some reverence. Um, because I feel like for a while it kept just kind of like being on the back burner. I think at one time we had like planned it and we're like, no, not yet. <laughs> Let's push that off. Um, there was something that I had seen as I was scrolling through TikTok, to be honest. And I sent James the video and um, in the video it was saying like, isn't it so interesting how every single woman we know has been raped or assaulted, yet none of us seem to know like any men that are rapists or assaulters. 
And um, there was something like in how that was said. And I was just, I, I said it to James and I was like, every single woman we do know has been raped or assaulted, right? And you were like, yes, right? Mm -hmm. And what well, else? And what else? Well, I think this harkens back to er way earlier in, in our friendship when you and I were first getting close and you you shared with me like the story that I think you're going to sh share tonight. But real quick, I, you know me and my facts. I did because I was getting pumped for this and I did write down some statistics about this. So I'm this kind of is going to love this about you bringing this to the table. You're like, <laughs> it's like your role here. <laughs> so this is from the, the Bureau of Justice. 81% of all women in America will be sexually assaulted at some point in their lifetime. 63% of all sexual assault cases are not reported. Every 92 seconds, an American is uh, sexually assaulted. One in four women are sexually assaulted in their lifetime. And then this goes for the LGBTQ plus, it goes on and on, uh, category. Half of all transgender and bisexual women will be sexually assaulted. And 40% of all gay men have experienced sexual violence or sexual assault. So that's where we stand factually. And, you know, even going back to our, our early friendship, you know, the stuff that you're about to share, like it was, uh, there's so much shame that goes along with this. And there's so much, you know, shut the fuck up about it. Don't, it, don't talk about it. There's a lot of like, oh, you gotta be lying about it. You know, I, I, I've worked with a lot of people in recovery where, you know, the family will <laughs> cast out the person that, that brings to light the truth rather than the person that does the assaulting. And when you're going down a spiritual path, this is a huge, huge thing that could be a roadblock. Or if you let it, it's not something you should ever be like, I'm so glad this happened to me, but it can really be a place of empowerment. It can be a place of solidarity with other men and women that have gone through the same experience. And I really am hoping that we can have some conversations to remove that shame that so many women that we love and care about and men carry with them and let them know it's okay to speak up. It's okay to tell your story. Someone else might need to hear that story and get to somewhere real about that. And, you know, the other side of it, like be able to own your sexuality again. Cause you know, the things I, I'm going to share tonight, like I know that it, it took some of my sexual fire out of me for a long time. It made me feel like sex was dirty or frightening. And that's not the life experience we're brought here to have. So I'm hoping we can dive into those things. And, you know, yeah. I, I know that you did share a lot of your, your story in a previous video that like really blew me away. Cause you made it during the time that you and I kind of were on our separate journeys. Well, before we go there, like, I feel like there's a few things that I wanted to add that like, of why I think this is important of like, okay. why I chose like a few years ago to actually start talking about it. When as before, like, I didn't touch it. Like, I, I didn't even tell my husband, my mom, you know, like, mm -hmm. I would, I just wouldn't touch it, you know. And so um, right now, it feels very important, because um, there's such a um, an opportunity like to kind of transform and kind of step into the reason that we came here um, to, you know, what we came here to do, who we came here to be. And so if you think about it, like things that are hidden away, things that we choose to, you know, carry around with shame, they stay in the darkness, right? They, they have this power over us. And really when we um, choose to like use, um, our voice, right? And to, to share things and bring it into the light, it really does alchemize it. It really does heal and transform to shed light on something that, that as in your words, like are shrouded with like shame and it's unspeakable, we can't talk about it. And so I found personally that the more that I've shared my story, that it brings more and more light to my own journey and my own trauma and it transforms me and it transforms other people. It makes it easy for the next person to bring light to their trauma and to be like, well, if she's saying it, then maybe, maybe there's, maybe there, maybe it's not about me. Maybe there isn't so much shame here. So that is really important. I think that there's a, a definitely an aspect to the story. And like when I first started sharing it with people of something that ended up being very hurtful, 
by my family member that was not meant to be hurtful or even like at the time of the things that kept me quiet of when I tried to speak about it to friends and kind of share discomfort, like of why I never reported, right? My assault or my rape really, right? And, and why, because some of the things that we're afraid are going to happen, sometimes it does happen because the other person doesn't receive it very well. And I totally believe that people are always doing the best that they can. Mm -hmm. And I think that even if you are not somebody that has experienced a sexual trauma, I, I do think that it's important to know, how do I hold a space for that person of knowing that this is really fucking hard for them to share and not put them more into shame? Like, that's really important to me today. I, I love that you say that. And I think that where we as humans get it really wrong is we feel that we have to have an answer back to someone sharing their truth. And we yeah. have to find uh, something to say to try to solve that discomfort or that uncomfortable totally. feeling. And that's not the truth. You don't always need to say something comforting. Sometimes a person needs to be heard. And I do want to say real quick before we di dive into this, on, yeah. the on the recovery aspect of this, you know, our, us as alcoholics and addicts, our, our disease like loves this shit, loves these, these pains and these trials and these traumas and these tribulations that are left undealt with and people telling us to just like stop talking about it or not believe in it. it our addiction thrives off of that. And so does so many mental disorders and it really feeds one another in this really vicious circle. And I think that if yeah. we as a society and as a group and as people in the spiritual community can help each other openly heal with this, we'd see a larger decrease in the out of control addiction that is going on right now. Cause I know that for years suffering in silence and keeping some of the stuff that we'll talk about today, my alcoholism loved it. It was absolutely like awesome. Like it had something to feed off of. So I really hope that we get to a space where people can share their story. It's not taboo. People aren't told to shut up. People aren't made to feel like they can't share their pain. Cause you know, pain needs to be shared so it can be healed. Mm -hmm. So I, I'm, you know, I don't want to say I'm excited about tonight, but it took us a while to get here. And I think it's about time that we start having these conversations. Yeah, absolutely. So that being said, my dear loved one, do you care to share a, a little bit about your personal experience? I know that we agreed beforehand that we're not going to go too much into our war stories. We're going to go more to the healing aspect. Do you, do you want to touch lightly on what you carried with you for a long time? Yeah. Yeah. And I didn't talk about it until like, honestly, like everything was like coming around with like me too. And like, there's topics like that. Um, just like with Black Lives Matter, it's like everyone thinks they have to like choose a side around it. And so there was a lot of people that um, mostly men, some women that became kind of very um, polarized by it. And so there was a lot of conversations happening around certain things, like particularly like the thing with like, the Aziz Ansari and sort of like things that were kind of like in a gray area. And so I started being very triggered by these conversations because I had like unprocessed sexual trauma. And so I just felt this like kind of anger rising in me. And then what was like really huge is because you know how much I value like showing up um, as myself fully, right? Mm -hmm. Putting it all out there and just being vulnerable and uh, even when it's uncomfortable. So I kept seeing all of these people posting like me too and sharing their stories and I couldn't do it. Like I could not do it because I'm like, I haven't told my mom, I haven't told my husband, like how am I supposed to post my story on social media? Like there's no way I can let my husband find out about it. And so I was just like, wow, like this really feels like this is like a part of my story in a time where I am sort of being asked to kind of step forward in vulnerability, but like I haven't healed that yet. And so um, it, it wasn't in, until all of that a few few years ago um, that I even spoke about it and shared it. Um, and so I'll give you kind of, I guess, the, the short kind of background of it. Um, I didn't even realize that a date rape when I was in um, college, I was like 21, 22 years old, like was like actually rape, was sexual assault. And it wasn't until I was like on a, some kind of task force in college, like learning about assault 
that I really started to realize what was happening and kind of put these different pieces together. Um, I am somebody that has minimized things and buried things a lot. Even when I started to talk about my story, I needed James to point out to me that like, cause I would say things like, well, you know, other people are like very violently raped. And I was like on a date with this person and I felt like I, you know, which I honestly think I was drugged, you know, but I was like, I feel like I, who am I to really like call it that when there's like, on the scale of rape, this one felt like maybe it could have been worse. And James really had to call me on that, right? Like, do you remember sort of calling me out on it? Yeah, well, I, I think it's kind of a coping mechanism for us in a lot of ways. Like, it wasn't this bad, so I'm okay. And I don't need to broadcast this. And I don't, oh, people have had it worse. People get beat and, you know, and, but it's rape yeah. is rape, you know? And yeah. You, I'm, and I'm really proud that you started to own it, even though it took baby steps to get there. But I, I don't want to inter interrupt the tra trajectory of the story. Yeah, essentially, like, it wasn't until I processed it later that I even realized that there was, um, that I'm like, wait, like, I was kind of conscious, but I remember I couldn't speak. Like, I couldn't talk, and I was trying to say no. And then I started to think about it and think about, Wow. In all the time, even in, you know, all of my partying days and in college or when you and I kind of used to, you know, run around Long Beach and gay bars together, I'm like, never in those moments. Like there were some times I was very drunk. There's never another moment I could think of where I couldn't fucking talk, you know? And um, it was very... Um, kind of, I think like a wake up call. I remember doing a Google search and trying to see, wow, does that match up that like, sometimes you can like be, you know, roofied and like still like maybe, maybe not fully lose consciousness. And like it, it all started to kind of really come bigger picture. And then I, um, I think like the biggest kind of piece of it that, that um, it, it's like, it's one of those things that it's hard for me to look at now and think, why didn't I report? Um, because they're with knowledge coming up of like realizing the timeline of like another sorority sister of mine, for example, being raped and being drugged and like realizing it was happening in the same year, like all of a sudden all this guilt, like I remember messaging her cause I felt like it was my fault because I wasn't strong enough to say something at that time that like all, like I was very hard on myself. Um, but I'll say that, um, there's like a memory because this was in the days of MySpace, where before like the Tinders and the dating apps and the Facebooks, like where a lot of people kind of it was like kind of a dating scene on MySpace. And I remember receiving a message from this guy on here, and honestly, I don't even remember. I probably have blocked that out, um, telling me that I shouldn't say something to other people. That I probably shouldn't tell people because people would think that I was a slut. So I should I should probably not mention it any of my friends because he was able to drive home i couldn't talk right but meanwhile this person was able to leave and drive themselves home so it's like when i had this different view of it because of who i am now and i'm able to have a different perspective on it it's like so blatantly obvious that that is like the exact definition of date rape but at the time i it, i blamed it on me it was all my fault so um that's like very much, I think, like the, I guess, the condensed version mm -hmm. of it. I want to say something real quick about the slut card. Mm -hmm. With the sexual assault and the slut card. How fucking dare anybody with any men, women, your parents? Because uh, let me tell you, uh, to touch briefly on some of my <laughs> sexual assault journey, a family friend had sex with me continuously from when I was 15 through 16, continuously over and over again. This man was in his late forties, early fifties, would drug me, get me drunk and have sex with me continuously. And was a known uh, pedophile, had gone to jail for it, very wealthy, so he got away with it. And by the time I could get my own bearings to discuss and talk about this, I was very sexually active. I was, you know, already heavily in my alcoholism. And that's the card people pulled on me right away to shut me the fuck up. Well, you're a slut anyways. Oh, come on now. You probably liked it. 
oh, it couldn't have been that big. How many men have you slept with afterwards? And us as a society, we need to stop doing that to men and women that have been sexually assaulted. It is absolutely disgusting. It has no bearing. And I think that it kept you kind of, you know, frozen for a while, right? You know, you're going to be called a slut. You know, you. you oh, yeah. yeah. I wanted to be a good girl so bad because that's our only choice. Like that's we really are sold that that we are either a slut or we're the good girl. And I clung to that. I was like, what will people think of me if they knew this? What would what would what story would they make up about it? So I want to ask you, like, after coming clean with it, you know, you did make a, a video about it, right? Correct? Mm-hmm. And it was a video actually about forgiveness. And mm-hmm. it was that I needed to release anything that I was holding, you know, towards that individual because for myself, not that I you know, was in any way, because I feel like forgiveness is really misunderstood. And I know we've done a separate episode about that. But for myself, like I could not be sort of obsessing over these things or kind of thinking about it that I just needed to like fully be in a state of forgiveness and sort of move away from it, kind of really release that energetic attachment to it. And so, um, yeah, that was a very interesting, I guess, first video to make about it. So where I kind of want to go with this, because I know Crystal's going to be joining us uh, in a bit. Like, Hey guys, if you are wanting to start your own podcast and you want a super easy way to do it, I highly recommend Anchor. So you can download the free Anchor app. You can either go to anchor.fm or just search on your phone for Anchor app. And the reason that I love it is it's completely free. It's a way that you can record and piece together like different elements of your podcast, whether you're on like your phone or your computer. And then it like basically puts your podcast in all of the different places, so like Apple Podcasts and Spotify, and then you can make money from it. So you don't have to have like any minimum amount of listeners. It's basically everything that you need to make a podcast all in one place for free. So you can download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm, and I hope you guys enjoy it. Have fun with it. How do you feel it as hungover, or how have you worked through it affecting your sexuality? your spiritual well-being, you know, how were you able to really process it or have you fully processed it or does it still kind of cling to you when it comes to sex and body image? Is it something that lingers or have you been really able to work through that veil yet? Mm, I feel like it's entering into its next wave of things and I'm starting to notice because I do think that everything does work in cycles that a lot of the things that I was working through two years ago, I was doing a lot of inner child work two years ago, fast forward to now me working with a therapist around inner child and then um, things first kind of speaking of the sexual trauma and then coming up again. And it's sort of like, I think we reach like just like that card that we pulled for it we reach a new level of self-awareness with it and we have a slightly different perspective of it and so i think that we're able to perceive different energies or notice different places that it might be impacting us and then um heal it in whatever way is resonating at that time i will say that because i wouldn't kind of touch it or talk about it um in my early 20s i did go back a few years ago and read the book, The Body Keeps Score, because I personally as a coach was like really interested in being like trauma informed. And I knew that like some of my clients, like even though they didn't come to talk to me about that, they had this level of trust. And then it came out, you know, during a session. And I think that um, I realized in that book that a lot of the ways that are used to release trauma that are that are more, um, I guess, non-traditional methods, that I was on, I was doing because I was a theater major in college, and so theater actually allows you to release a lot of emotions because it feels safe when you're not you. So if I was like in my Shakespearean acting class and acting out these dramatic scenes of like anger, or desperation, or sadness, like I didn't realize that, but like 
it was actually helping me, I think, in many ways, like process these emotions and release them. And so it has always made me think about um, if like nothing happens like accidentally. So it's almost like it makes me wonder if that was sort of the the thing that I that I was given right as as my tool to not be like completely crushed by it. Um, two years ago. Um, so we're talking about th things that we have used for healing. Yeah. Well, yeah. How, how can we start to process? I mean, for me, there's a long lineage of, of sexual atrocities and not to be a victim, because I'm not a victim of any of it. But I think that growing up in growing up in a, a drug induced environment as a child, I was exposed to a lot. So there's a lot of atrocities that went on that at a certain point in my adult life, I had to reclaim my sexuality or I was going to always think of sexuality as something gross, disgusting, harmful, a weapon to hurt. So how do we get back to that place of pleasure? How do we get to back to that place of sex feeling good? And so uh, you're like, you're starting to tap on it. Like one of the things that really helps me, um, it was one of someone in the program had recommended this to me when I was really good working through all the resentments I had. And I had written a name for each of the men that had sexually violated me on a bottle, glass bottle. And I took those bottles and I really looked at it and I concentrated all the energy and all the frustration, all the anger and all the shame. And I really just put all my anger and rage into it. I was like, fuck you. And I threw each bottle against the wall and it's, it's symbolic, but it's also a way of releasing it and not, not letting that person have claim over you anymore. Cause that's what I really got to learn as I was healing that like that man yeah. abused me that year, but I let him continue to abuse me on and on and onwards. And it sounds like that boy, we're not calling him a man, that boy that did what he did to you, he was able to abuse you for continuous years because you weren't able to release yeah, it. To release it. Yeah. And um, one of the things that I came to more recently, because now that I'm working with the, the divine feminine energies more, is like being very interested in like the womb chakra and um, like the womb clearings and activations because so many women are holding a lot of their trauma there, a lot of the sexual trauma or even a lot of energies from past relationships. And so it's something that I realized that I want to start bringing like to um, myself first so that I can learn it and then like actually bring that to the women that I'm working with because I just feel like it's a really big part of them stepping into like their full creativity, their full like creatrix power, their full like light worker healer power. And so um, that's something that I feel like is a different thing. Um, I totally would have like, I, like I'm like really enjoying therapy right now. And I feel like I didn't really, I had never experienced therapy before more recently, only coaching. And so now that I am in the therapy journey and I'm experiencing that, like, I think that that's like, even find the right therapist, like a great path for it. Like it feels safe and they like see things that you don't. And it's like, like honestly something that if that's the path that people are drawn to, like, I think that is really great as well. And I probably will go more into sexual trauma with her as we kind of like continue to, you know, unravel our journey. Well, I, as your best friend, it's been so interesting watching you get there. <laughs> Because I mean, like, you know, to get to the point where you can accept therapy, and I hope anyone that's listening that is in huge amounts of pain, grab every tool that semi resonates to you. If therapy mm -hmm. semi sounds like something that you should do, get to therapy. Don't let the stigma, stigma like linger over you like this womb therapy. Like I can tell from the comments, like people are like kind of lit up about it. Like go for it. You know, it's I, I'm so proud of you for getting to the place of therapy. Uh, I wish you would have done it sooner, but it has to happen in divine timing. So it's been really interesting to watch you elevate to get there. But I think anyone that's carrying that, that overwhelming sense of pain, mm -hmm. that, that they can't function correctly, or they are in the thralls of addiction, you gotta do something to really fight back and reclaim these pieces of you. So I think Crystal's joining us at 5.30 and I think that she's gonna really be able to touch on a lot of really good things. Um, I will say that like, 
one of the things that was really hard when I started to share my story um, is like the reason that I told my mom, for example, was because I have a sister that's currently in college. And so all of a sudden the Me Too came up and then I had all of this fear for my sister who was like the same age that I was, right? Mm -hmm. Or she's almost the same age that I was. And I was, it became bigger than me. And I was just like, holy shit. Like I wasn't strong enough to say anything back then, but like, I feel like I need to tell her. I need to tell her like how this went down and how these things happen in these very subtle ways. And then you end up there because everyone seems to feel like if they don't know a person, like personally that, it's almost like at that age, we're very invincible. You know, we think that nothing can harm us. And so I shared it with my mom and I know that my mom loves me so much and holds the best intention. So I will preface it with that because I believe that she probably just didn't know what to say. Um, but the first thing that came out of her mouth was like, oh, well, Lauren, she's like, not like that almost like she's not going on dates or she's not doing this so like lauren is like you know not in any situation like so basically that my sister is not like that and ba and what how i took it i was like which that makes me what and i pushed back and i said look i know what you're doing because i have read a lot of brene brown you know and i'm like this is called like <laughs> inhalation right and i'm like it's very hard for you to take this in and i'm sure there's so much fear coming up for you right now about Lauren. So I know this isn't about me, right? But I'm like, it does hurt my feelings because it makes you, right? It's implying that if Lauren is not like that, that I was some other way. So I was like, let me just refresh your memory about who I was at that age. I was the girl that wouldn't like uh, have sex with anyone if I wasn't in a like monogamous relationship with them. I was the good girl. I was the person that like, you know, would only like, um, you know, be very, very careful. I wanted to be perceived this certain way. I was like, I was exactly like Lauren. And I, I know that that's hard for her to take in, but like, I, I'm glad that I had read that fucking Brene Brown, you know, cause it really helped me in that moment to know this is not about me, but that was really hard. Like it was really hard to hear that, like, um, you know, unconsciously my mom had kind of made me feel, um, bad right like as if it was somehow my fault and that we didn't have to worry about her and so i just want to name that i want to tell that story if, if anybody ever has somebody or their own child come to them that there's some certain things to think about um or maybe not say really just to to honor that person and and their courage it took them to even say that to you I, again i think it does harken back to that we don't have to say something back every time a conversation feels heavy or too yeah, much let's give some options like of things that we might say because i i know that i've that's hard sometimes right i mean well and then i do want to point out that it doesn't matter what kind of person a a, a girl or a woman or even a gay boy is like no one is asking for it unless they're like truly like asking for it. You know what I mean? Like this whole conception that like, if you mm -hmm. behave this way, you won't get raped. If you, if you don't put yourself in these situations, you won't get raped. A it's yeah. a crock of shit and time and history has proven that. And B yeah. even if a girl is quote unquote slutty seeming, she doesn't deserve to get raped even if a girl seems promiscuous or has been promiscuous in the past no one deserves to get it's not a fucking an open invitation to rape someone because they're sexually active and i i refuse to carry that weight with my future sexual life that you know some of my indiscretions mean that i can't have the sex life that i i want to have mm -hmm. or that I, I deserve some of that trauma that i had it coming to me I refuse yeah. to carry that weight. And I think that that's something that we, if you want to talk about things not to say, those are some of the things not to say. And I think that, I'm, you know. I'm wondering like, sorry to interrupt, if Solange, cause I know, I want to make sure Crystal has our current link. Solange, if you wouldn't mind just like making sure Crystal, if you could find her on that Facebook thread, sorry to interrupt. Um, no, so but like, I, cause I know that Crystal is going to have just some like amazing wisdom 
here. Um, and if any of you guys are listening, because I feel like so many um, people I see like Lamont and Stacy right now who are commenting, I feel like you both and probably other people that are watching this or watch this later are very um, in tune and probably have some things to say that, that um, would help people. Like, because again, you don't have to solve the problem and it's definitely not good to make it about you in that moment. I think that those are, are really good rules of thumb. So please like drop anything in the comments that you think might be helpful for people. Um, oh, Solange was, oh, Crystal is here. No. Oh, I'm sorry, Crystal. Like, <laughs> I'm gonna add you to the stream. Yeah. <laughs> I was so like, was she waiting for the black screen? <laughs> <laughs> I think maybe it was like in the pre backstage area. It's black screen though for you, Crystal. I'm not sure if it's like she's gonna make a dramatic entrance. I feel it. Oh, yeah. I think she will. Um, I think um, she's fixing her thing. Um, yeah, I think that there's um, even like when I've had people that have like some great other tragedy, like separate from trauma, I know that I always feel like a sudden pressure of like, I need the right thing to say. I need to have the right thing to say. And then I think that um, that keeps me from saying things at times. And so I'll call myself out on times with saying nothing. But I think that there's, it's sometimes okay just to say, I don't know what to say. Like, oh my gosh, mm -hmm. like I, uh love you so much like i want to create a space what do you need from me right now like honestly just ask i feel like i feel like that's probably like one of my best things to actually give the other person oh hello yeah um, sorry crystal has arrived for those of you listening on spotify crystal has landed i don't know if we have audio with her don't have audio we got visual now let's work on the audio mute Unmuting. <laughs> okay, there you are. <laughs> there we go. Hello, my love. Hi. Sorry, I thought I was in the waiting room, and I just like had you know. Anyway, I'm here. Hi. Hi. Hey. Really good talk so far, guys. Really good talk. Oh, oh I just God. really want you to just like. I just want to like pull in the wisdom of Crystal and just mm. like listen to her, and because I just know that you have so much to say on this topic and like when james was talking about like reclaiming like our bodies and pleasure again i was like okay well let's just save that for crystal because that is crystal right there where, so, where is this <laughs> <laughs> floating around somewhere but any <laughs> let's just kind of jump in there though since we have okay. a limited time any thoughts on that what where, where do you want to begin on this conversation yeah, so coming into this, I have like three really important things that I want to say um, that I think would be helpful. That's why I want to bring them. Um, first, I want to say that I'm not a trauma therapist. So that and that is like a real thing out there that people can resource and it is an incredible resource. I know trauma therapists if you want to um, be connected with them. Um, I know some in Colorado, actually. So I don't know any in California um, or throughout the rest of the United States, but um, I have beautiful resources for this. Um, <clears throat> but the reason that I can come here and talk about this is because I've been through my own trauma and um, I've been working on it as an observer and like a, um, I've been working on it relentlessly, basically, my whole entire life. And also, I have studied how to walk people through these intensive experiences, um, what they are, you know, basically it all comes down to the thoughts, body sensations, and images that happen during trauma, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's one of those three things or all of them. Mm -hmm. And that position of like, it's happening. I mean, the definition of trauma is like to have an experience, have an emotional reaction. And then it's like a, a detrimental emotional reaction that carries on that you can carry on in your neuroses in your system. So um, I'm able to help people walk through that kind of stuff uh, through something a little bit close to like NLP, neuro-linguistic um, mm stuff like that but and then also the sex coaching but what the what i want the three things that are, are really important and um 
it's going to touch on a lot of the things that you guys have already been bringing forward. And uh, actually before that too, I just want to say like, I'm loving the talk. I'm loving, uh, let me go back. I was like, shit, that's bomb. I want to say something now. <laughs> oh gosh. What was it? Uh, Ashley, the piece. Anyway, let, let it come back. These two pieces. Um, I think that, you know, ultimately they're both around like the fact that trauma is like a tool if we let it be. Mm. And like, it ends up being like this positioning of if we're doing the work, it, we can allow the space. If we can dissolve the space that the trauma, if we can dissolve the trauma that the space is holding mm. or is that right? Yeah. If we can dissolve the space that the trauma is holding and fill it with now our new iteration of ourself because we've processed it, it becomes like the most profound tool and experience. Um, and I feel like I heard both of you bring that. And it was just so, uh, I was just so thankful to witness that in both of you. So thank you for sharing those stories. Um, but the number one thing I really want to bring here tonight is that how important it is to realize that trauma is not, okay. Trauma, whether it's non-sexual or is a sexual assault, is, can still also be a sexual, can affect you sexually. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I'm feeling you on this. Okay. That's where, that, if it, you think, I mean, what is trauma? To go out into the playground and some kid calls you a name, you hold it in your body, you make a shadow, you put it in, in your experience and it, you hold it like for the rest of your life and it could take you through. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, this positioning of like, Oh, I was sexually assaulted and that was traumatic. It also lives on the other side. I experienced trauma and now it's affecting my life force because sexuality is life force. We come through sexuality. Like we literally show up to the planet through sex. This is how we got here. So it is the force of our life. It is our Kundalini energy and trauma gets in the body and blocks that Kundalini energy. So as, like I was saying, as people are like, Hey, you know, I was sexually blocked. I was sexually assaulted and now it's affecting my life. Well, you can be trauma in life and it affects your sexuality. One example is, you know, um, and I'm not going to go on a crazy road with this, but you know, I had my experience, one of my many traumatic experiences where I came home, my mom was on meth for like 15 years. I came home. She thought my dad stole us. She had ripped the the room apart. She like their room, um, like stabbed the bed and like shredded up all the things, you know, she was, she was out of her mind, um, from her own trauma. This is why she ended up there in the first place. Mm -hmm. And it was really difficult for me. It was like, obviously I was a, I was a kid. I was nine years old. And, um, my dad says, call the cops. I call the cops. I'm already total mess, having a full on nervous system breakdown around what's going on with my parents. The cop comes, I'm, 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 I'm a mess. And he says out loud, somebody shut her up because she is a wild banshee right now. And I'll never forget it. I will never forget it. It was like this moment that told me, your you in your emotional system is too much you are too much and so then what happens is i i i go forward into my whole life feeling like i need to put my emotions away attracting people that are telling me i'm too much that are uh, attracting experiences that are justifying that for me, attracting partners that are insensitive to my emotional system, which is insensitive to my also life force and sexuality, because this is my force. I mean, sexuality is our life force. Mm -hmm. And this is an example of life getting in the way, life trauma getting in the way of our sexuality. So that I feel like, 
we are so, it's so big right now, like sexual assault, huge. Yes. Yeah. Duh. Right. But all trauma can affect our sexual experience, which is our force of life. So I really want people to um, be easy on themselves and just drop in to that and um, start to notice like how is any of the trauma that I've endured affecting me, my sexuality and my life force. And I know that's a little, you know, wild to say that sex, I mean, it's not to me, but you know, some might think, oh, life force is something else. But I am the, a believer if it's not fully what you are, then it is definitely a big part of what you are. So I just really want to start with that. Um, secondly, I really see trauma as like smoke in the basement of your house. Like you can go through and like clear the fucking house of all the smoke, you know, and just be like, get out of here. Like, oh my God, what's burning? But unless you go down deep, deep down into the basement and put out the fucking fire, it's not going to go away. So you have to get into the body. You have to ask the body what happened, just like you were saying, Ashley. You know, the body keeps score, right? You have to get into the body. Say, where does this live? Like I said, thoughts, images, and body sensations. Where does this live? How big is it? What color is it? What does it look like? Um, What is it? What is it? um, all, All the questions that you could ask, identify it, see it, lean in, lean into it. Well, we have a visitor. <laughs> yeah, I pulled yeah. Tiffany in because I know yeah. she was in the background. Oh, you scared her off, I didn't want to like interrupt you, but I didn't want to like ignore her. Chris, so, so we have a visitor, <laughs> and she's so gone. Tiffany, I'm gonna add you back in because we told we were telling Tiffany to join us at five forty-five, but I didn't want to interrupt Hi. what you were saying. Hi, Tiff. Hi. Welcome. I I didn't mean to I scare kinda, you away. No, I actually I was chatting her back and then it exited me out. I was like, oh my goodness. Okay, but I'm back. Hi. <laughs> Thank you for sharing, Crystal. That was really uh that made me happy to hear you say all of those things about the sexuality. Um were you were you gonna share well, there was a few other things you were gonna share. The last most important thing is I want to encourage people to get resource in their trauma. Like it's so huge. And I feel like that was a big part of when I was sitting there listening, thinking I was actually in the waiting room. I'm like, okay, I I can say some things about this. Um, Yeah. Getting resource. Oh, that was it. Thank you. I'm reminded now. Um, I loved Ashley when you were like, I was in a theater major and I was using that process So that's what I love. I love that, like, if we listen to ourselves clearly and intimately and vulnerably enough that, like, we can start to kind of tap into this on our own. Um, But there are tools out there, you know, like I said, there are trauma therapists. If your trauma is so intense that it's showing up as shadow in your life, you know, and you're out of your body having episodes, get resourced. It's so huge. It's, and when we clear our trauma, it's wild because to clear our trauma is like, what is that? You know, can you, it's a, what does that do to the, to the whole rest of the world? I mean, we're all just like the whole universe, the whole universe. When you clear that trauma, the universe, the whole fucking universe flows differently, not just your body, not just this earth, the whole fucking universe vibrates differently. Sorry. I just got me all the reality. That is fully the reality. And that's why I do this work because I'm really passionate about that. You know, my whole reason of being is to add expansion to the whole entire universe. And I don't, I just heard it. I don't think people realize that enough until they get on their own spiritual path. Like you ripple the whole universe. The, yep. the thinking that you do not matter, your pain does not matter. It is absolute false. It is a science. It is a, a spiritual theory, but it is also a science. Your vibrations affect this whole universe. So when you clear a trauma, like you're saying, the whole mm. fucking universe 
vibrates differently. And I, I think yeah. people need to be aware of that. Especially now. Yeah, I mean, always, absolutely right? now. now. So, yeah. so, I mean, think about like, just real quick, like this time of like illness and change and, you know, strife, you heal your traumas, you start vibrating this universe differently. And we For need sure. it more than that, more than now, now than more than ever. So it's real yeah. quick. Hello again, Tiffany. I muted Tiffany because I wasn't sure if you had headphones, <laughs> Tiffany, because we were getting a little bit of, oh, it's okay. Is that okay? okay. Yes, it, it gives a little bit of an echo, or even if you just turn down our our volume, that might help a little Tell bit. Me how about oh, that testing? <laughs> Girl, it's Sorry. fine. We'll oh be goodness. fine with it. <laughs> we're glad that you're here. I'm glad that you were able to join because James was saying that you were working and that it worked out that you could join us. So thank you. Thank you for having me and making the space for me. I really appreciate it. So James, talk about why you had invited Tiffany, because I know that she, you thought you're like, oh, she's going to be perfect for this topic. So real quick, well, yeah, I thought Tiffany's going to be perfect for a few topics that we've had, but uh, Tiffany is on the road with me. We're trudging the road together. She is absolutely a recovery warrior. She's a devout mother. She's a great example of recovery working, but she's also had her own traumas that she's been really working through and doing the work. And Tiffany, I don't want to steal your story. So why don't you go ahead and give us a little bit of background on why you're here today? Okay. Thank you. Um, so this was really big to me because recently, and I'm in my mid thirties. Um, I just learned how to have some about some very strong boundaries with my dad and that sexual trauma the abuse was inflicted on my sister, who's not his biological daughter, but like I was informed of this when I was 13 years old. And, you know, then I, I started acting out sexually, which is so incredible that Crystal was, was talking about that because I didn't know how to accept that. And I was in denial and, you know, my mom allowed me to have a relationship with my dad who wasn't in the picture every day, but you know, I still went to his house for summers, yada, yada. Um, and, and my sister had told me when she informed me, her and my mom, you know, sat me down at the age of 13 and they're like, listen, this is what your dad did. And you need to stop worshiping him and acting like he walks on water. And I'm like, what? Like, that was super confusing for me. I had my own sexual trauma it happened to me when I was five years old, and I didn't open up about it until I was seven, um, and that was inflicted by a babysitter. However, other circumstances that I was told about growing up was, and this is really powerful, and I'm sorry, just a trigger warning, but um, my mom was her boyfriend was a serial killer and she didn't know that um he ended up raping and killing two these two little girls that were my sister's babysitters and like still to this day we don't we don't know if anything happened to my sister and still to this day i don't know if my own dad did anything to me um and you know ptsd causes that blockage where it's gonna come Whenever it feels like it, you know, whenever the universe says, okay, well, it's your time. You can handle it right now. And that happens to me it's still, you know, mid thirties, I have flashes, just, you know, things of things that happen with my dad and it's not clear. It's not clear yet. I've had other traumas that kind of supersede anything, um, of that, of that element. But however, my point is, I wouldn't have been able to stand up to my dad if it weren't for this movement right now, the Save Our Children movement, because I was saying to myself, he was bullying me. And that's kind of, you know, that narcissistic trait where it could be, it could be a partner, it could be a friend, it could be a parent. And for me, it's been my parent my whole life. And it's like instilling that fear in me, like to be scared of him so I can't stand up to him. And 
supporting this movement and saving our children, especially because I have a little girl, I have a bonus son as well, where it's like, I, I want to protect them from pedophiles or from sexual abuse or anything of that nature. But how can I, how can I support my dad? How can, how can I, how can I do that and also support this movement? It's contradicting. I can't do that anymore. And I can't allow this man to bully me. And I need to give my sister that space where it's like standing up to him helps empower her. And she, she has her way of dealing with her trauma, but I think it's held us back in our relationship where she doesn't trust me so much because I haven't been able to fully be there for her because I wasn't able to put up a wall to my dad. And in our program that James and I share, um, in, in our recovery road, you know, it's, we're taught our code is to have love and tolerance and to acknowledge a sick person. And that's what I, I've been doing. I wanted to acknowledge my dad as a sick man and to have compassion and forgiveness and, just be able to to listen and what can I do to help and you know yada yada at the same time I'm healing because I was a heroin addict I was a meth that I wasn't everything addict I'm, I'm a sexual <laughs> addict like a sexual being and to be honest like after I heard or after I was told about my dad I had sex with everything anything everything anything moving and that's what I, I made a name for myself in a small town. And it wasn't until now where I found my healing journey where it was like, wow, there's a reason behind it. And I had to process it in a therapeutic manner, which I've used many different forms. I went through treatment, um, EFT, uh, emotional freedom technique with tapping, um, mm -hmm. a life coach. My life coach was one of the biggest releases I've ever had and that was releasing anger and I didn't even know I was that angry until I worked with this woman and it was so incredible to just have that release where it was like oh my gosh you know now I, I'm taking my power back and I can release that anger because my anger led me to using heroin my anger led me to being a crazy person and not knowing how to have healthy tools like like being sexual and doing whatever crosses my path. Um, and now on this healing journey, I get to be able to tell, you know, my dad, like, no, you can't treat me like that. In fact, you shouldn't treat any woman like that. And how dare you? And I, I've never been able to say those words to him. And now I get to protect myself, my power. I get to protect my children and I get to support this movement. And I don't have to feel like, a hypocrite or that I'm you know contradicting anything um you know alongside of that like I've I've tapped into this healing where I work with um a natural healer and all of my resources are here in California I uh, actually my am I allowed to say my grand sponsor am I allowed to like talk about <laughs> that I'm in Alcoholics Anonymous I don't know if that's okay or not that, that's your own journey my love so uh, oh okay okay <laughs> So, um, well, being introduced to Alcoholics Anonymous, I have a grand sponsor who is a licensed therapist and who um, specializes in trauma. And thank God for that, because, you know, the universe, higher power, whatever, whatever you want to call it, led me in her path and without knowing. And I was taught by her and many others, like how to conquer all the things that hold me down. And that's, and it's a lot of sexual experience. And not only that, it's breaking generational curses because it's not mm. just me, it's my sister, it's my mom. It's mm -hmm. not knowing how to not allow the abuse, you know? And then we we act out by having sex with all these people, all these things, whatever comes, comes our way, we're just having sex because we're dealing with it that way. We don't know any better. And now, my mom is in her 60s and she's just now learning to cope with those traumas she was also in her path of addiction my sister as well and it all stems for us for my family it all stems from sexual abuse 
And now we're learning how to take our power back by different forms of therapy and, and support because we get to support each other now, instead of like lashing out and fighting about everything, we get to call each other and say, Oh, okay. You know, how can, how can we help each other? And we weren't taught any, any other way. Hmm. I definitely want to put these resources in addition to like putting Crystal's info in there, putting resources that Crystal recommends for, for Colorado, Tiffany, for California. I know that um, there's definitely um, some therapists in California that I think are amazing. And I think it just, I think honestly, it's like finding the right person, the right person that you feel kind of safety and trust with. And that I think that when we open to it, um, it's sort of like the right person kind of comes into our path. But I, I definitely will make sure that we have these resources put into our show notes, like when this goes um, on, on Spotify, because I, I definitely know that we might actually be opening up things for people where now they're just like, oh, oh yeah, I have that too. Like, what do I want to do with this now? I, I want to honor um, time, James. Like, what are you seeing? You're pointing, James. No. Well, Solange is already on, on. She's putting it in the comments for anybody that is watching right now. Um, any anything, James? Like as closing thoughts? Well, and I, Tiffany, just real quick, Solange is on Tiffany top of it. Talking. She did. I, what? No, I'm saying Solange I did break talk. down the resources <laughs> in our chat. Okay, thank you. Sorry, we're like so we're having our awkward moment right now. Um, but I, Tiffany, I have to mute you when you're not talking so that it doesn't echo. Um, so I just, I feel like I didn't want Tiffany to think I was silencing her in that moment, but that's why I did it, girl. Um, to honor um, any kind of like final thoughts, I just wanted to see, Crystal, if there was anything else that um, you wanted to share. I feel like this is one a conversation that we'll probably have again and maybe have um, maybe a little bit deeper from some different angles. But Crystal, is there anything else that you wanted to share that you didn't have the chance to? Sure, thanks. Um, so yeah, get resourced. How can you get resourced? First, your acceptance of what's happened. Thank you for that beautiful share, Tiffany. Thank you all for those really beautiful shares. Um, we need to acknowledge and lean into the fact that we've been through these things. Um, and resource them. How can you resource them? Trauma therapists, coaches. S coaches are <sighs> profound because it's not just a talking experience. Therapists are also profound because they have their whole, I mean, this is their full study. So they know what they're doing, especially trauma therapists. I would like to more guide people towards a trauma therapist in this situation rather than just a talk therapy or like a family therapist or something like that. Seek out, mm. excuse me, a trauma therapist um, or coaches because coaches are high impact, shorter amount of time, um, sex coaches, things of that nature, um, self-acceptance and Something I really want to bring just a little, shed a little light onto, it is definitely untraditional, but I have, I feel really passionate about it and I really back it up, um, is the study of um, processing your trauma or PTSD through psychedelic therapy or MDMA therapy. Um, which is actually a trigger for me because I come from a, a place of drugs and being like, ah, don't, that's not the path, you know? Um, but to turn off the amygdala, if you're doing MDMA therapy, to turn off the amygdala and be able to process um, the shit you've been through and not be scared of it is a huge thing at this point. People are coming home from wars and murder and they are able to take that PTSD and release it. This is a huge thing. And it's still a study. Mm -hmm. But I want people, you know, this is something that is rising. It's a big movement in this moment right now for all of us um, to kind of come home to ourselves. And I also want to say in closing that trauma can be a gift. It is actually a calling to come home, to reintegrate 
to say, you no longer, this part of me no longer has to live outside of myself. You can be loved, heard, and seen through mm. being resourced. And that's mm. my closing on that. Thank you, Crystal. I think that James and I have been talking about wanting to have a conversation around plant medicines and how so much of us have been like scared away, like kind of like I've seen what you're talking about and it seems like so interesting and powerful. And I'm just like, wow, like there's, yeah. there's like, I think that like, I'd love to, you maybe, maybe you want to talk to us on that topic as well, because I think that is so interesting and I'm glad that you brought that up. Tiffany, thank you for sharing um, your story. I always feel like there's so many great things that our guests are saying that I just want to like talk to them for longer. And um, what's something that you didn't get to share, Tiffany, that you want to really make sure that you that you share with everyone that might listen to this or that's watching now? Um, I guess you know just to. One of my biggest thing is is to open up to somebody if you're struggling in any area, whether it be addiction, whether it be shame, guilt, um, anything that feels like it's holding you down and you're acting out in in an impulsive manner and you don't know what's going on. Um, I just want to share that you can reach out to me, whatever that might be. If it's if it's you know any of those things that I said. Um, I gave you my, my information. Anybody can look me up on social media. I'm open to, to listening and just being a soundboard for anybody in that area. So and that's about Thank it. Thank you, Tiffany. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, guys. You guys are so awesome. You're really killing well, I, I want to give you props as well because um, it's like even though I am in the coaching space and I have experienced sexual assault, I feel like I, that is such a big topic that it would be hard for me. Like if someone were to bring it up in a session, but it's like, I feel like, wow, to be doing that all the time or to potentially have things like that coming in all the time. I just feel like you hold like such a powerful space, like, and it takes a lot of courage to be doing the kind of coaching work that you're doing. And so I just like really want to love on you for that no. because like, I have a lot of admiration for you and the work that you're doing. Um, and I'm sure like that I can imagine like your journey of like getting there and being able to find that power within yourself to be that guide for other people. So just thank you for being you and existing and doing your work in the world. I really appreciate you. Thank you. I appreciate you too. And truly just a reflection of you, really. That's all that that is. You already know that though. Mm -hmm. <laughs> thank you guys you guys are awesome well everybody um i hope that um everyone got something i think that everyone will find this that is meant to listen or watch and i do think that if there's parts of it that bring something up in you that it really might be that the universe brought you here to kind of surface something to bring something to the surface that was ready to be healed so um yeah i think that that's something to be grateful <laughs> yeah all right james anything else? are you laughing thank you <laughs> all right bye everybody bye guys aloha